One, two. Hi, welcome to Rockstar Sucks. My name is Carl Kuhn. You may know me from my various music projects, Gay Meat, Museum Mouth, and my slight involvement with the band Say Anything. Uh, my name is Becca High, and oh God, I don't have anything interesting to say today. Uh, I'm just tired, you know? <laughs> cool, love that. <laughs> Um, and today is super exciting, super special day. It's actually our 20th episode of the pod. And two we're joined zero. by an iconic... What was that? I just said 2-0. Oh, yeah. We're turning 2-0 years old today. What, what Do podcasts like age like that? Do they age by episode? Are we like a 20-year-old podcast because we made it this far? <laughs> no. It kind of feels like... Uh, no. I'm, I'm really amazed that we've stayed committed to the bit. We've made it every week with the exception of one. Yeah. But anyway, we're joined by an iconic <laughs> guest. Uh, today we're joined by Eric Smeal of the Van Clear Body. Hi, Eric. How the fuck are you? Hello. I'm good. <laughs> Great. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and today's a very exciting episode of the pod because we're actually digging into a little album. Is it called Self-Titled? Is it called Blink-182? What's it called? It's Self-Titled by Blink-182. A lot of people either call it Self-Titled or Untitled. Uh, okay. There's like, I don't know, a couple people that I've talked to that call it Untitled or like, uh, Untitled Gang. It's I know <laughs> I know that the Blink-155 people were calling it Self-Unentitled for yeah, a long time. Yeah. Which I like that. That like, that <laughs> makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wow, a hell of a fucking record. But real quick, Eric, um, tell the listeners about your music projects. You released a, a record last, was it in December? It was December 4th, yeah. Okay, and it's called One More Day? Yeah, uh, I play in a band called Clear Body. Some people might call it Shoegaze. Some people might call it emo music. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just play guitar and sing. I run a record label with my pal Marty. Uh, called Acrobat Unstable Records. And I'm in another band that I can't talk about yet, but I will be able to soon. <laughs> oh my God. That's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's Blink 182, isn't it? It's close. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is Matt Skiba out, do we think? What's going on? I don't know. Uh, I think that he's probably still in the band, but they were just like, fuck it. We're not going to put him on this song. We can do it ourselves for that one song they released. You're like talking recently. about the quarantine yeah. song? Yeah. Mm. Everyone hates Matt Skiba and Blink-182. I don't. I'm like, I'm of the, I truly of am of the belief that a four-piece Blink-182 with Matt and Tom would be iconic. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I'm with that too, honestly. But, you know, I don't know. Matt Skiba, I, I never was into Alkaline Trio, so I don't really have like a past with him I, other than like, him being in Blink-182, and when it got announced, I was like, this is sick. And then it, they put out California, and I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Becca, were you and I talking about that record recently and how incredibly long it is? No, that was, was not talking, me. I, I never talk talking, about Blink-182. <laughs> Ever, she Ever. says. <laughs> Becca, I had multiple people DM me today. Um, we released an episode about um, album by girls, and people were like, oh my God, Becca actually likes this record. And I was <laughs> like, wait. 
<laughs> Why would people be surprised that I like that record? I think the disdain for Intimacy by Block Party has just permeated the pod now. Those are not related at all. <laughs> but okay. So wow. um, okay. Wow. All right, Eric. Wow. Typically before we <laughs> Becca's all flustered now. She's got a middle part. <laughs> um so typically before we dig into the album itself, we do a little bit of talking about where we were in our lives when the record came out or when we first absorbed it. Um Eric, what was life like for you? Uh so when this record first came out, I was six years old. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't really have like a like a day one experience with it, but uh I remember when I heard feeling this for the first time, I was in middle school and like I used to download a bunch of shit on LimeWire and I had like a bunch of Blink-182 songs uh, and I found feeling this because it was like in a football game or something and it said that it was on in Madden on LimeWire and I downloaded it. And I was like, holy shit, this song's fucking awesome. And I like, it was like a spring day. I was in middle school. It was a great time. (laughs) I like went outside. I went outside and I just was like, this song fucking rules. Like I had to experience it in nature, you know? Did you put it on your iPod? What did you, how were you consuming it? Yeah, so I had an iPod touch that um, it had like a bunch of like weird shit on it out the gate which is strange. It got set up by my mom's friend. And there was just like, the only song that I liked that it had on it was like TNT by (laughs) ACDC. And uh, like everything else, I had no idea what it was. And then I got uh, 21st Century Breakdown by Green Day and I put it on there. And I was like, this is fucking sick. And then I found a bunch of Blink-182 songs on that person's computer and I put them on the iPod. And that's like when I heard like, he had like a bunch of like obscure tracks, I would say. Like he had like online songs and like okay, going away to college. Oh my God, a masterpiece. Yeah, so it's like those like first songs that I heard by them were like kind of became my favorites and like still are. Okay. Uh, like I think Roller Coaster was on there too. Um, so it was all like the like, like Toy Page era, like songs that were just like on the album that were good Uh, okay i love that i literally hate that record i don't i have mixed feelings on that record because like i get it but also like i don't like a lot of it (laughs) i mean i think i think the anthem part two is or is it just called anthem part two yeah regardless that is literally the worst song i've ever heard really I absolutely abhor that song. It is the most ham-handed, cheesy, like, garbage-ass shit ever. And I love this band. Like, I literally, I put that, like, below, like, Fighting the Gravity in terms of, like, favorite songs by this band. I literally, I hate Take Off Your Pants and Jackets. There there are great songs on that record, though, so regardless. Damn, Anthem Part 2 is, like... That's like a crazy one to hate, honestly. <laughs> it's literally the gayest song of all time. I feel confident saying that. Okay, <laughs> Becca, what was life like for you when you first got into the self-titled album by Blink-182? Um, I never really got into it. Uh, <laughs> 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 so I actually grew up on Enema of the State. Graham had this CD. Uh, that was my first introduction to blink and 
Um, I actually like take off your pants and jacket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, like I don't. I like all their older stuff that are that is gets less fancy in terms of production. As like the further you go back. Um, yeah. And I was thinking too. I was like, why? Why did I decide on this album? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I with this album, I basically curated my own version of this album, where I only listened to the songs I liked on this album. So okay. like some of these came on, and I was like, I don't think I've ever listened to this song. Wow. I'm, okay, so listeners, if you're a little behind, we have a group chat whenever we have a guest on and we kind of like all choose the album as a group and Becca put her foot down on self-titled for some reason now, apparently. I, I don't know what mind state I was in. I mean, like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. I was, I don't know. Like, it seems like y'all know way more about Blink and like their whole discography and stuff like that but they were always more of a passive presence in my life I would go through phases of being obsessed with one of their songs and listen to it to death and then be done with it and then just like repeat that cycle okay that sounds healthy a normal way to (laughs) consume music some might say possibly um I like definitely I am a product of MTV and MTV2. I was raised by those um, t- television channels. So in a je- in a like a in a culture where Jackass was like the mainstream, a band like Blink One Eighty Two was served to me and on like a piping hot dish, and I absolutely ate it up. Um, the first album, the first CD I ever bought with my own money was Enema of the State. So I have stand this band for a very very long time. Um, and I don't know. I just think I, I obviously do want to talk about Enema at some point in time on the pod. If someone wants to come on and talk about Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, we could also do that. That would be my intimacy episode. You should get, um, uh, you should get James Casser for one of those. <laughs> I would love to have James on. They're like they were like one of the first people I put on our like passive like list of potential guests. So um, I want to get Josiah on too. That I was, funny. That's all I can think about. I'm like any song like I didn't listen to every episode of Blink-155, but I remember them talking about, like, certain songs on this album. (laughs) (laughs) But that's all just to say that I was very excited um, when this record kind of was announced. Um, There was uh, some side projects that occurred in between Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and this record that I also ate up, Boxcar Racer, Travis's involvement with Transplants. I was, like, excited by all of that because I just loved these three men so much. and then Eric reminded me last night that there is a MTV album launch. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. A- album launch was like a sh- very short-lived series on MTV where they would like follow bands in the studio making an album. And there's one for this record. And I I remember Eric like Eric brought it up to me last night. And I had like immediate flash, like visceral flashbacks to watching it and being like, oh my God, yes, I did watch this at my dad's house <laughs> on like a little <laughs> shitty tube TV. And I remember the only thing that like really, really like has stayed with me is Tom's haircut. Yeah, it's crazy. His hair is at the most emo. It's like literally like the peak of emo hair. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's so dyed black. It's all bangs. It's ridiculous, but it looks amazing. And I love that man, so... 
Yeah, that uh, that documentary is crazy because I looked into it last night actually because I was curious to what else they like had done with that series, and I think it's just them and Limp Biscuit. <laughs> um, that's a beautiful hall of fame to be a part of yeah I've, I've watched that documentary i think like four or five times over the span of my life and one of the times mark hoppus did like a live stream where he watched that documentary and like broke down certain things that were going on in the background and it was like fucking crazy some of it <laughs> like I don't I'm know. Sure. He he was like talking about this one song that they scrapped. Um, There's like during the de- they the documentary opens with them talking a lot about demoing. They demoed the record for like something like two months before they started recording anything. And there's like a lot of footage of them playing songs that I don't recognize. Yeah. Like, I wonder. I wonder about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, they spent a fucking crazy amount of money on this record because like there's a scene where they're like. They started recording and then they had to go on tour to do shows and they rented out like a rehearsal space in a studio that cost like $10,000 a day or some shit. And I was like, why the fuck are you, are you just practicing? This is like an era of music where the money is like truly unbelievable. It is like, in, from my experience at like a couple different levels in music, at, in the last 10 years it's nothing like this anymore yeah. that's like <laughs> so much money also they were in the studio for 280 days yeah it's it's fucked up honestly <laughs> 280 days Oh like, there God. are bands complaining about spending $30,000 on a record on Twitter like at this very moment like I'm seeing tweets about that and it's like that's it. like like that's A that's ridiculous but B like I are, do you think you're Blink-182 recording self-titled that's like insane yeah it's uh, yeah, that part of the like they because they had the house for a really long time where they were demoing and then they went into the actual studio and they still needed to write more songs, but then they had yeah. to go on tour. So it was like there's like a scene where Travis talk, talk, is like talking about leaving for transplants tour and they have five songs done as he's leaving. And then when they come back, they've completed ha- when he comes back from tour, they've completed half of a song. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that is like literally that feels like my band. I feel like I can relate to that where it's like, OK, like I'm going to go do this. Like, good luck, y'all. And then I come back and nothing's done. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very silly. I also feel like I could be any one of the three people in that scenario, if not all three people. So <laughs> guilty as charged. But OK, Becca. You want to talk about some critical acclaim with this record? I don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Becca has a job now, so um, I feel like it's Um, my job now to dig into it. I'm just uh, real busy. Uh, But also, (laughs) I Googled this album, and it was taking too long to get to any useful reviews. So I immediately, when I had to go to page two of Google, I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And also, literally, if you love or hate this episode of the pod, it... um regardless of how you end up feeling about it you can find out anything else you might want to know about this record um on the wikipedia it's literally the biggest most in-depth wikipedia page i've ever seen damn i haven't even checked that out actually literally like open it right now it's ridiculous what the fuck I, was, I, I famously, all right, behind the scenes look at the pod, I use Wikipedia to look at the track listing as we go. And I had to scroll for like a year before I even got to the tracks. God. Oh my yeah, God. this is fucking nuts. <laughs> I hate all, like anytime there's a quote from them t- just talking about music. 
Like, yeah, it's pretty it's, rough. It's so obnoxious. It's like when you're stuck in a room and it's just like gearheads who just only want to talk about gear. And you're like, cool. Tell me more about your fucking amp and this fucking other hardware shit. That- they do love hardware, though. There's a scene in that documentary in the album launch thing where they like talk about how they had been just trying different cabs and heads for like two days straight working on guitar tone. Yeah, that was funny, too, because like Mark's like, it takes a lot to build a guitar tone. And then I was like, it does, but it doesn't take that long. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's just a whole different time. This record feels like it could have been made in like the 1700s in comparison to how records are made now. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> a whole other world. Um, I will say something about this record before we dive in is that uh, in my from where I'm like viewing this band, like my vantage point on this band, this is sort of the record where Tom stops playing rhythm guitar and starts playing this version of guitar that is like truly half lead half rhythm but it's like lead in a way that's not like he had been doing there's not like lead melodies it's like weird textural parts it's like anti-guitar it's like i can't really explain it i'm bad at speaking about this but like this is the record where it's like i was like okay these songs like if you look at tabs for this it's like shapes and like weird patterns and not like a melody at all (laughs) yeah he just he just riffs a lot on this record uh, in the weirdest ways. Yeah, <laughs> there's like one of the songs towards the end of the record. There's like a part where he's like literally just hitting like one note on the guitar like every few measures. And I'm like, this is like demonic. That that's like the loudest, most obvious guitar part going on in this song. <laughs> it's just him hitting like one note over and over again. Like if you would have told like Tom DeLonge like circa Buddha that he'd be like writing guitar parts like that, I feel like he would not have believed you. But... Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> okay, should we dive in? Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the album opens with a little song called Feeling This. Becca, how do you feel about Feeling This? Um, I never noticed that someone says, get ready for action in the beginning. <laughs> and I just think about Taylor during Sweetheart Days. And he I think yelled he... that. I think he got it from this song. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that's like a reference." Um, yeah. Uh, I this song was on my curated album. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> Becca One Eighty Two. Uh, yes. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna like apologize in advance because I do not have a lot to say about these songs. <laughs> 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 okay, Which like is why I think I chose this album because I was like, oh, I'm gonna have more to say about these songs than Enema. And, and then listening through and like trying to take notes, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she punked herself. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, yeah, uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out as a noob and say that uh, in the documentary thing about making this record, there are a bunch of shots at the beginning of Mark uh, like playing with this sample, this get ready for action sample on a turntable. I didn't do any digging to find out what it exactly was, but it's like it's cute to see that, and it's yeah. like cool to like instantly be like, okay, like they're definitely experimenting more with like 
a bunch of different genres of music with this album. In that live stream I was talking about where he like watched the documentary, he like uh-huh. pointed that part out and he was like, that was the sample we used. I forget what he, I forget <laughs> what it was that he was like yeah. fucking with, but yeah, that's like the sample in the documentary. I love that. It's so those scenes are so cute. I love the idea of Mark Hoppus like touching turntables. <laughs> it's like soothing to me. I don't know why. <laughs> um, okay, Eric, how do you feel about the song feeling those? I think that it is great. Um, I think it's a good opener. I think like retrospectively that it was like because I mean, like I wasn't like paying attention to like the singles and shit when I was a kid. Like I didn't know what any of that was. I just thought it was a really cool song. Uh, mm-hmm. But now, I mean, like it's a skip sometimes, you know. Really, it's sometimes as a skip. This is okay. Also, I should say that this is my favorite Blink One Eighty Two record. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. That's why I wanted to talk about it because I was like, "Fuck, yeah, I could talk about this hour. I could talk about this album Perfect. for forever." If it was just <laughs> me and Carl, <laughs> <laughs> this would, the, the episode would be a lot like what was just happening. Becca shaking her head and me just nervously giggling. <laughs> um, but okay, I think feeling this is amazing. Again, I was actively watching this band when that song dropped as first single. The video is so good. Video directed yeah. by David LaChapelle. I love that um, Tom describes wanting to work with him as like he always makes cool stuff, really horny stuff, yeah. which I like. <laughs> I'm addicted to that. Um, he, I don't know. I just was like, I was so excited. And then like through time, I have learned that this is like a very Fugazi influenced song. I had no fucking clue who Fugazi was when I was absorbing this record from the jump. But like now knowing about that and having heard that from so many different people and like putting those dots together, it is like ridiculous how Fugazi this is. (laughs) Also, Mark's bass line on the song is fucking crazy. Oh, the like the chorus. I guess it's well, it's not really like the chorus. It's like what is that? The fate fell short this That's time. The part. It's That's like the a, chorus. Yeah. That's what it says on Genius. Okay, well the bass tone again. We were talking about tone <laughs> from the jump, but the tone is so good. I like yeah. when it comes on in headphones. I like get chills. It's so strong yeah. and gorgeous. His his but. like bass line in the verse. I never noticed this until like kind of recently well not re- probably like a year and a half or year two years ago but um well his, 2020 doesn't count so true. like a year ago <laughs> that's still recent to um me. his baseline in the verse is just like very mark hoppus but it's also like super technical too it's like i don't know i don't he was he was he was in the zone with that one the <laughs> was rent was in- the rent for that house was due <laughs> the landlord was in the studio yeah. <laughs> i love that um wow yeah i don't i i love this song i think the song is an amazing opening track um i remember also too like just being gagged by the color story in the music video it's like we get um i'm pretty sure we get mark's like beautiful pink bass we get um Mm -hmm. some really fun multicolored drums from travis we get the gorgeous like epiphone hollow body from tom like all the the blue saturation in the sky behind them is great like the big inflatables behind them it's just like a great color story good texture story shout out to david lachapelle he (laughs) i feel like david lachapelle's involvement with this like really sold this song to me and had me so excited for the whole record so that's like when you're working with a gigantic budget that is that's proof that it, it can be very effective it's true. <laughs> J'adore. I think feeling this rocks. 
I, I think, think so it too. Rocks. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, so track two is a song called Obvious. I haven't even been looking at the lyrics, which I normally do, but Oh my gosh, the opening guitar uh is Yellowstone Lady or Hours by Lemuria. Is it? Oh my god, hold on. It's I like play the a little bit of it. Same exact tone. This might as well be a Lemuria song. <laughs> you know what? If we can connect these dots between Blink-22 and Lemuria, that would explain a lot about me standing this band as a teen and then me standing Lemuria in my 20s. <laughs> oh, yeah. It has. It sounds like it could be on Pebble, I think. <laughs> it's Pebble guitar tone. <laughs> I like... I love... I love how heavy the, the i love how heavy this song is the whole i was gonna say just the verses because the chorus is like kind of like blissful but like yeah the guitar tone to him he is still riffing in that chorus though like he <laughs> yes. that that guitar is in drop c or some shit i think <laughs> like it sounds because like he's clearly just playing like the one string for most of the song which is like nuts <laughs> Yeah, that is all going up and down the fretboard. Yeah, yeah, it's sick. This song rocks. Yeah, this song is a fucking serve. Yeah, I Go ahead. Oh no, this happens every time. Sorry. Um, the one thing about the song, there's like a couple of moments like this on the record, but it's like where Tom's like, "I know you fucked him again." I'm just like, all right. <laughs> that fucking vocals that come in, that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the right ear is so bad, though. Like, yeah. get out of here with that. That's so creepy. <laughs> they were taking risks. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Travis yeah. that does that. Uh, and it's, like, so close. It's like he's literally in your ear going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like it in theory. I don't know if I should adore the execution, but I think it's like a cool idea. <laughs> it's like something I would bury really deep in the mix if I was mixing this song, but also the song would sound a lot worse if I was mixing it. So. <laughs> Watch out, next Museum Mouth song is going to have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just wait. Yeah, yeah, just wait. <laughs> um, I will say there's a line in the song that I never knew until... I listened to it for the pod and I was like, I should probably get to the bottom of this. And it is the last line of the bridge that how do we fix this if we never had vision? I had no idea what the last like couple syllables of that line were. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I don't, I think that lyric is like fine. I don't, there's no, I don't think there are any lyrics in this song that like move me, but the song moves me as a whole. I know you fucked him again. (laughs) <laughs> I know you fucked him again. Eric bring that up is really funny. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Tom isn't my favorite lyricist out of both him and Mark. I'm also like a Mark person <laughs> uh, over Tom, which like, I don't know. So like in my, in the past like quarantine times or whatever, I don't know what the fuck they even call this shit, but um, <laughs> What's the basically culture calling it? <laughs> over the past couple of months, uh, like me and my uh friends have just been like watching Blink One Eighty Two documentaries together because they're like they're really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like they have like four or five documentaries and they're all really funny and they're all like hella interesting too. Um, 
I don't remember where I was going with this. I just know that I wanted to mention that <laughs> I have Blink-182 You're more of a Mark person, whereas I love the lore behind Tom DeLonge and his journey to the stars. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love that he is like that. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I am addicted to you describing him like that. <laughs> um, at the end of the album launch thing, the very last thing he says to the camera is that um, that the only way, the only place they can go is up. And he said, yeah, we're going to be playing in space. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like really ridiculous foreshadowing to where his whole angle went what yeah. he started subscribing to i thought that was really funny i like literally like cackled alone in my house watching that i was like damn <laughs> that's uncanny um i think obvious absolutely slays ass and hole i love this song i think it rocks hell yeah yeah it I rocks agree. there's like church bells in the chorus there's definitely some chimey ass shit going on those there. Are church yeah. bells. <laughs> those are some are goddamn they? church bells okay okay miss foley she knows she knows i don't know for sure I'm just, I'm just uh guessing okay so track three wow i don't i guess i knew that this came up so early in the record but it always surprises me track three is a massive absolutely undeniable hit song called i miss you by the van blink 182 uh, eric how the fuck do you feel about i miss you so it's a skip on most days, but I think it's a great song. It's it's kind of the same thing with feeling this, where it's like I've heard it so many fucking times that it's like, do I really need to do I really need to listen to it? But like I listened to the record like as a whole yesterday, and I was like, the song is just like undeniably fucking good. Even though there's like the the meme based around it and shit, but it's a good <laughs> song. Yeah, it's sort of like how many. How many times do you think this song has just been played in the world? <laughs> I heard Becca, it. I heard it in an O Charlie's once. Hell yeah! Becca just rolled her eyes so hard <laughs> at me posing that question. <laughs> I feel I'm, the sorry. Uh, no, please. You no, feel, my I feel the same exact way as Eric does in terms of like this is usually usually a skip. I've heard it so many times. But it is a really good song. Um, I did not put together until today reading the lyrics that the Jack and Sally thing was a reference to Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, and uh, them dropping that in this song. Literally, them dropping those references in the song are like the reason why Hot Topic is still open. I was gonna say <laughs> major Hot Topic vibes. They know their audience, you know. Um, but they also, made the audience. Also. Like, having that as a reference in a song is kind of cringy to me. Um, but I, for some reason, I just was like, Jack and Sally is a random name pairing. and They're Mark's neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this song is just, like... I remember as a teen being obsessed with hearing this band perform a song like this. I was like, whoa, this is so unexpected for them. And they're doing it so well. The drum beat is like, 
I don't think I don't think we give Travis enough credit for the drum beat in the song. It's true. It is like it's its own hook. Yeah. It's so good. He does that a couple times on this record where the drum beat has its own built-in hook, and that is ridiculous. This is the only <laughs> blink track in which Travis uses brushes instead of sticks. Where did you learn that? The internet. <laughs> <laughs> I like in my mind I was like serving this fantasy where every time a blink song comes out you like listen to it and you're like keeping notes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like sticks to me. Um well yeah, I I do. I love this song. This is a great example of what I was trying to put into words earlier about um Tom anti-playing guitar where this guitar part is literally not a guitar part. It's just like of like an octave chord going ding ding over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> but it's cool. Like I like I love that kind of shit. I love I love a song that it's like if you tried to cover it just on guitar doing that, it would sound psycho. <laughs> I love it. It sound like you're doing like an art installation or something. <laughs> um doing an art installation. I think that's the first time someone's ever said that. A history making <laughs> sentence on the pod. Um, obviously, yeah, the meme, don't waste your time on me, you're already the voice inside my head. Uh, I love that in the documentary thing, you get to watch Tom sing that line. Yeah. <laughs> Another history-making moment. You literally get to see history be made. And also, there's amazing footage of Mark uh, recording vocals on the song in, like, the octave above yeah. the final version. And yeah. it, like, literally listening to him do it, I was like, this hurts my ears. <laughs> but I, like, I know that struggle, too, where you're, like, trying to find it. Um, yeah, I don't know. The song, I mean, the culture has already decided that the song rocks. I think the song rocks. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I- if anyone starts singing this, I can just sing the whole song and belt it out. <laughs> Uh, you actually just grab the mic no matter what. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it rocks. Hell yes. All right. Track four is a song called Violence. Uh, <laughs> Becca, how do you feel about violence? This was not on my curated playlist. Um, really? Really? The verses are so bad. Uh <laughs> What? Uh, the verses I wrote down, weird West Side Story, spooky haunted house vibes. Like, <laughs> there's, like, backing vocals that are really creepy. Um, the chorus is good, though. Becca, I cannot believe you're going to come on this podcast and talk shit about this beautiful mosquito guitar tone song. Mosquito? Hold on. <laughs> you have to listen listen to the guitar part at the beginning. Listener, she has her her face in her hands. Oh, I thought you meant like mosquito in terms of like it was really high pitched. No, it just sounds like like a mosquito. No, it doesn't. It's (laughs) I like that. It's cool. It's it's like it's really wonky. It's like boingy. I like literally. What is the melody for that? Yeah, mosquito. (laughs) I, I was expecting to hear like. (laughs) that sounded like cotton eye joe (laughs) um yeah this song is like literally okay before i i spill um she she must have gotten to the chorus listener she's she's truly snapping okay um eric before i dish how do you feel about this song the first time i ever heard this song was 
I don't know if you've seen this, but the the Blink One Eighty Two AOL sessions. Uh huh. That was well. the first time I ever heard this song, and I like throughout my life I've always been like this song fucking sucks. But I've come on, I've come around on this song a lot over the, the past few years because like I don't know, it's just like it's kind of like with every song on this record where it's just like I either hated it at one point or I loved it like immediately. Um, but I pretty much love like every song on this record. That's like a spoiler for the rest of this podcast, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean like the AOL sessions they did for this record are all really bad. They're literally abysmal. (laughs) They're some of the worst, like they're just some of the worst videos on YouTube actually. Like, and also like, just like the instruments they're using are confusing because Mark is using this like <laughs> yellow jazz bass that I've never seen ever again. Like he had to have retired that out of the bass collection after that video. And then Tom it's has a like, beautiful color though. Yeah. And then Tom has like the coolest Jaguar ever. It's just like a single pickup Jaguar that I've never seen him use again. It's like, I don't know. I like the song though. There's like, um, they did like, um, I, they called it like an advanced CD pack or some shit in the documentary where they like filmed like little music videos for this song and uh, like Stockholm Syndrome, I think. And it's on the down set. And I saw that. I found that recently and I was like, this is fucking sick. So I don't know. I like this song now. <laughs> okay, Eric, that's called an enhanced CD. Yeah. I know you're considerably <laughs> younger than me at least, but that's when you would go to the store, you buy the CD, you would go home, put it, this is Dawn of Time vibes, you put it in your computer to like potentially rip it to iTunes, maybe if you wanted to import it or just, you know, see what it would do. Um, and yeah, a lot of CDs were sold with like content you could only find if you put it in your computer. It's an enhanced CD. Wow. True. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I literally have never felt more 67 years old. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. It's perfect. I I just adore it. Um yeah, I don't I don't I love I'm sorry, my cat is doing something demonic in the litter box. Can you hear it? I can yeah. I can tell that you can hear it because your eyes were like going ape shit. Um he like just won't hold on. He got he's gotta get out of there. He's done. <laughs> Ham is trapped in the litter box. He looks pissed the fuck off that I would make him stop whatever he's doing okay wow sorry about that back to the topic at hand um i love this song i think this song is so cool it's like so artistic i literally am gonna be speaking like a third grader about he's back in there do you hear him ham stop (laughs) it's over the deed is done okay jesus christ (laughs) Okay, I think I think Violet's my Blink-182 rocks. <laughs> uh, I think it sucks. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it rocks, too. So. All right, slay. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> um, so we get, uh, we get a little bit of an interlude thing in this moment, do we? Yes, no, no. Oh, wait. We do, but I'm shaking my head no. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> no, absolutely not. This does not exist. Yep. <laughs> I think it's like, <laughs> literally about to play devil's advocate for a bunch of oh billionaires. My God. I think this is kind of a cool thing. Shut the fuck 
up, Carl. <laughs> Am I crazy? So the person like- who is reading it was Val Kilmer's wife. Who? What is she in? She's in a bunch of movies I have not seen. Um, <laughs> a lot of older movies. Uh, oh, God. A lot of TV series, but she's British, so a lot of these are foreign to me. Oh, she was in Gossip Girl. <laughs> isn't, the, isn't the lore behind this that it's like a letter from... Mark's grant it's like from what does the genius say it says the interlude preceding Stockholm Syndrome plays a soft melody as Joanne Wally Whaley Mark Hoppus's grandmother narrates a letter that her husband sent her during World War II I mean that's cool or whatever but I don't like it <laughs> it sucks <laughs> I kind of like it Marty uh, uh, Marty my uh, label partner uh, like we he they're just like as big of a blink head as I am pretty much so like we talk about blink all the time and they were like yo the interludes on this album I like just straight up don't even have them on my phone like just like completely remove them from the record okay Marty (laughs) I think this is I literally think this is cool Mm, I wouldn't I don't really though are you just saying that to like get get people to like I don't know what do you think I have to gain by coming on my own you podcast know, and saying I different. like this interlude no I'm not, li- I'm not contrarian you want to like be that. like against the status quo <laughs> the status quo of liking a Blink-182 interlude that came out in 2003 I think oh, this is cool oh god Maybe I'll change my opinion on it 10 minutes from now, but as of this very moment, I think this is like a cool thing. Do I need to listen to it? No. Do I skip it? Sometimes. I just think it's a cool idea. Everyone's shaking their head at me. Moving on. Well, the next actual track on... Oh, I also just want to say that I think that it's like... Sorry. <laughs> I literally like just had an out-of-body experience where I'm like still... I realized I was backtracking on something everyone's so sick of me talking about. Um, I love the I'm completely lost without you, darling, because that comes back later in the record. That part is respectively pretty cool. It's cool. That's yeah. cool. It's world building. Oh, my God. Anyway, so in <laughs> track six... <laughs> Track six is a song called Stockholm Syndrome. Um, I just want to say before we dig into this song that uh, I saw uh, recently on Twitter, Chad from Emperor X explained how to count the beginning of this song, which is something I could have never done and was, was just opting to never try to understand. And the way that they explained it makes sense so i'm going to screenshot it and i'm going to post it on the ig when we talk about this when we post about this record because it like it turns the intro into something that is possible to understand (laughs) i thought they were just like like playing on the three instead of the four or something like that it's like you have to count it on like two and three end yeah as like those are like all the down the guitar downstrokes all happen on two and three okay before i while i'm looking for this um Eric, how do you feel about <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome? Uh, it's 
probably one of the best songs on this record, in my opinion. Uh, it's top five on this record for sure. Um, I think Mark's part where he's like screaming at the end of the song is fucking sick. I've always part thought that part was fucking amazing because he never does anything like that ever again. I don't think. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. But like first time uh, I heard that, you're called with disappointment. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like so hard. It's like oh god, so his cool. voice sounds amazing up there. Oh, it's so it's so you're right. I completely agree with that yeah. statement. Yeah, it's it's so good. Um, the riffs are there. Travis's drums sound great. Like this song is just like so cool. And then also they did a they did one of the what did you call it? The advanced CD enhanced. <laughs> enhanced CD. <laughs> you took you took a CD and you just made it enhanced. It's enhanced. Yeah. So on that that was <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome was actually one of the videos for the enha- or enhanced CD as well. <laughs> Don't say advanced. It's enhanced. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're perfect. Um, I love you. Love you too. But um, <laughs> yeah, th- they did a video for this song too, and it's like kind of corny because like Mark is like holding the camera for that part. And he also doesn't have a mic stand or microphone this whole song in that video for some reason. It's really <laughs> so they're aggravating. definitely not really performing yet. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, I love this song. It's great. Hell yes. All right, Becky, how do you feel about Stockholm Syndrome by Blink-182? Mm, I think it's fine. It's like a little too chaotic for me. But, you know, maybe on a different day. I'm like, hell yeah, rock out, you know. (laughs) Uh, This is a song that wasn't on my curated album version of this, so I really was never that familiar with it. So basically you're coming out on the pod as to saying you're skipping all the heaviest songs on this record. Which is crazy because like, I do like heavy music, but Uh something about blink doing it turns me off (laughs) okay that's totally that's valid i don't know i'm like i'm gonna have to do like soul searching to figure out why that is okay so i found the tweet and um it's in response to christian from the hotel year saying that they have never been able to count this song and Chad says, it's mostly in 4-4, but they play with accents. The first beat at 0-0 is actually second eighth note. By 0-13, it's straight. That heavy hit is always second eighth note of the measure. Just say, and two and three there instead of one and two end. Between eight seconds and 11 seconds, though, no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why i feel like it's chaotic because just that opening i'm like what is going on here like it sounds like they're out of sync it is nuts it's a wild little piece of music at the very <laughs> beginning but i think obviously that is done to drive home the disorientation of the song of yeah. the lyrics that are being served to us here and the story as it is flowing do I think Stockholm? I, I think Stockholm Syndrome by One Direction is a, the better Stockholm Syndrome, but I do like this song. What about the Muse song? I don't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that band. Didn't I feel like a couple years ago, Muse when they were in their like 
era where they were calling everyone sheeple they performed and like uh they had like little blimps in the audience i feel like they had little blimps as part of their stage design and one of the blimps hit someone in the audience it like crashed dude blimps are fascinating there's a whole episode of stuff you should know about blimps you know there's only like 23 (laughs) blimps in the world yeah I saw a tweet that was like, we need to make more blimps. <laughs> yeah, in the stuff you should know, they talk about how people, like, shipping companies are looking into them, but also there's, like, a shortage on helium, so. Yeah. Yeah, I people, whenever people people talk about the balloon gay, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the balloon gay, the guy that blows up the mylar balloons and puts, like, phrases on the sides of walls and then takes selfies with them. They always use the the dwindling helium in the world as an argument against him. What? What was that English? What? What did you say? Dwindling. Someone listening. I know. I know at least five people listening to the pod will know what I'm talking about, and that is really reassuring. Those are my girls. Um, okay. <laughs> I think this song rocks. I'm, I can. Let's. How do? How does everyone else feel? <laughs> I think it rocks. <laughs> um. Slight. I think it's fine. Cool. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Track seven. My audio just gets cut off the rest of the episode. <laughs> Track seven is a song called Down. down Wait, down, 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 yeah. down. Is it's not really? Is this track seven? Yeah. I the, I'm looking at the wiki and I'm also looking at Genius, and it is confusing. The numbers are confusing. Um, but wow, down. Okay, Eric, how the fuck do you feel about down? This is another like top five songs for me on this record, honestly. Uh, the first time I heard this song, it was kind of like the same time I heard, or it was kind of like the same time I heard Feeling This because it was just like, it was just so different. <laughs> uh, yes. The music video is pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess <laughs> it's, it's not one of their best music videos, but it's like cool in terms of like the location, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the song's sick. They played it on a late night TV show once and you can like tell how fucking pissed off they are the whole time, which I think is great. Um, but yeah, like Mark in that video is like so clearly aggravated at Tom. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wow. They like They like hated each other after this record. It's so... It's funny, but you know. Interesting. I think this song is so gorgeous. Revisiting this record earlier, I guess towards the tail end of last week, just listening to it in my car, I was like, fuck, this song is good. Yeah. God <laughs> damn. Oh, this song is like the song. If you're giving, if you had to give the songs on this record a numerical score, I'd give this song a 10. It's so good. It's amazing. Oh my God. The cats are truly on one today. Hold on one second. Dude, stop. <laughs> They're doing shit they've never done before. <laughs> I have literally had this amp in this room for like a year and he's never decided to claw it until this very moment. <laughs> um, God, and I'm also sniffling like crazy, which I had to edit out of the last episode and it's really annoying. Uh, but Becca, stop it. I know, I know. I'm getting a taste of my own medicine, being <laughs> careless and messy on the pod. Um, of What do I want to say about this song? I think the drums at the beginning, the little filter on the drums at the beginning are so cool. We love that. They do it a couple times during a couple of the little breaks before the verses. They do the filter on the drums and it sounds amazing. This song sounds like, I don't, I don't know. It sounds like 
it sounds like how the video looks in terms of colors to me and like the use of like of drops of rain like that like little bit of water imagery and then the tidal waves i'm like oh oh good we love that (laughs) tears all this like little water imagery i'm like oh this is so good Mm -hmm. i love this song becca what do you think about down i just wish they would take out the you did this like whispering you okay you're literally i was gonna say you're coming out as someone who absolutely hates travis barker but like (laughs) it's so stupid it's bad when they do that and it's creepy (laughs) but like it's good (laughs) just take those out the one tom lyric where he's like the glowing the glow inside the glow inside burns light upon her that shit is crazy i oh i never knew that that was like what the lyric actually is i didn't until this very moment either that's ridiculous it sounds like the glowing sun burns upon her or some shit i don't i don't know he's crazy but i knew light upon her but i didn't know the glow inside burns light upon her that is like literally I feel like William Shakespeare just reading it out loud. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't you But it like but like what does it mean, Tom? <laughs> so um lead guitarist on the track, Tom DeLong, provided this insight into the song's meaning in the album's liner notes. The lyrics I wrote and down are about a picture I had in my head of a boy and girl inside of a car while it's raining outside. So I pictured over and over rain falling on the windshield while this guy is saying and thinking these things about wanting to kiss her and make her stay. Literally, goddamn that's like, Shakespeare. He's that. I don't think that's Shakespeare. I, this is that reading that, hearing that quote is literally like, Tom, don't talk. Like all yeah, of the members like, of this band <laughs> are art terrible at quotes. There's one my favorite. I think. Oh, I don't remember who said it. It was probably Travis, but he's like, we just wanted to write a bunch of songs that were good. <laughs> Well, coming from someone who's in a band that wants to write a bunch of songs that are bad, uh, I think that that's a really valid POV. I think it's an honest mission to set out on. Oh, God. This band. I think this song, I think this song actually fucks. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Um, It rocks. Okay. Slow. So moving on from down, we get a beautiful interlude called the fallen interlude (laughs) why is i love that you're like giggling i i I saw becca shaking their head and i was like yep down 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 pick me up i'm falling who is who says this who is sick jack in i feel like this was like the interludes on this record specifically this interlude the fallen interlude i think this is when they started like kind of giving Travis more creative control and like it works on this record, but it like doesn't work on almost any of the other records that he does it on. Cause like Travis like hired the artist to do the album cover. Yeah. And it's like the same artist who did the, the enhanced CD video stuff you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and then like, it's just like, this one was like clearly like a Travis moment and it's like it doesn't need to be there. I hate it. Mhm. 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 Big agree. 
Retweet. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's so it's like it's like shit you record alone in your room where you're just like jamming out, and they like play a little piano riff, and they're like, "Yeah, let's add a beat to this." Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. I think the both of you absolutely fucking hate vibing. And as someone who loves to vibe, I'm going to say that this song is cool. Carl. I actually think of the three of us, I have the least chill. So me defending this is like unbelievable. I feel like I'm being gaslit to fuck. But I, in the I context hate. of Blink-182, do you think this is good? I think it's unprecedented, and I respect their artistic decisions. Oh, sh- <laughs> like, like they do like a lot of cool shit on this record. Like that's like super experimental and like, you know, you know, boundary pushing and shit. But like this, like the two interludes on this record, I hate with every fiber of my be- mm-hmm. being. Like straight up. My attitude towards the interludes are stay in your lane, Blink-182. Yeah. But like they're in, defining their lane. They're they're widening the lanes. The road is closed for they road were like They had been around long enough at the point of this album to like experiment earlier on. And now I think it's like too late. Like you miss your chance to become... Experimental. She's gatekeeping Blink-182's decisions <laughs> in 2003, <laughs> listeners. Mm-hmm. And she's standing by it. Okay, I don't think we need to give that song a uh, rock or suck because I don't want you guys to... Because it feelings. sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Track nine is a song called Go. Isn't there, is there an AOL session for this song? Luckily, uh, fuck, yeah, I actually... Yeah, there is. is. It's on the genius. Um, I I think that I think I I only saw the AOL sessions like in the last two three years, and I think it was because I was listening to this song. It was like oh, I want to see like, I want to see if there's like a live bit of them playing this, and then I clicked on that, and then I've never regretted a decision more. But yeah. <laughs> I do love this song. Yeah, uh, this is my favorite Blink One Eighty Two song. I think. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. So like, it's just like. Cause in in the okay in the documentary this was like one of the first songs that they would play like on tour like that wasn't like released yet yeah they were like, like we're gonna play a new song for you and it's this song yeah and it's like so fucking sick because this is like this is one of their best songs in my opinion for sure uh, it's just like it's just so good <laughs> it really like, is the lyrics are great like it's about like Mark like like. Mark's parents or something. I don't know. Like he's like, it's like stay together for for the kids if it was good. It's really sad. It's about like his mom being abused by his dad, basically. Or boyfriend or whoever. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. But the way that they just like play this song, it's just so fucking good. Like, and the part where like everything drops out and it's just Mark singing. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I oh my god. Normally, normally I think I would hate that if they did that like now, but like it's just done so well. Like it's like I fucking love this song. <laughs> okay, when is Clearbody going to have their Mark in Go moment? I don't know, <laughs> uh, but like me and Marty have 
always talked about. So there's there's another North Carolina band called Pictures of Vernon that used to cover this song, oh. and we've always been like, fuck, I wish we could cover this song and not have people realize that another band has done it. But like, honestly, it would probably be chill. <laughs> yeah. But, oh my god, you're fine. Uh, cover the song, Seth. Seth, my uh, the drummer for Clearbody, like fucking hates Blink One Eighty Two, so it's probably not gonna happen. I cannot believe you make music with someone who fu- quote unquote fucking hates Blink One Eighty Two. I don't know if he like fucking hates Blink. He probably fucking hates Blink One Eighty Two. But <laughs> when we did the audio tree, like I wanted to do this fucked up thing where we just like listened to like the worst Blink One Eighty Two songs, and then on top of that, listened to like the Mark, Tom, and Travis show. And he was like, Ugh. I don't fucking get this band. Like, why do you both love this band? And we were just like, it's it's our favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> that is like, I do wonder, I like, I can only speak kind of from my experience in like falling in love with this band. But like, Eric, like you are someone who is a smidge younger than me. And you have like a similar thing where like, I am obsessed with Incubus and you have like a huge reverence for that band as well. Yeah. But like every time <laughs> I've ever talked to you about like where you enter at, I'm like, this is this so this is such a different reality than my reality that I like I can't even like put myself in those shoes like it's just yeah. one of those things like like we've toured with like some like bigger bands that like you know kind of like maybe had like their like their bump in their career like long before now and like it's kind of one of those things like I go to the like we play these shows with these bands and I'm always like there are kids still coming to these shows like teenagers so it's like you can kind of enter a band whenever you want but Blink yeah. is kind of one of those bands that's like I just I it it's such an immense thing for me like when i got into them like the time and place in my life when i got into this band that i just can't imagine like coming in on like neighborhoods or something like that that's interesting that you say that because like so when i was like growing up i had the stuff that they had already put out which was like you know pre neighborhoods and shit and then when i was in high school like when i was a freshman in high school i think they like announced that they were getting back together and putting out neighborhoods. And I was like, so fucking stoked about that because like I hadn't been jaded by the inner, uh, the music industry yet. And it was just kind of like one of those things where I was just like blink 182 is my favorite band and they're getting back together and putting out a record. And I fucking love that record still. Like it's really interesting too. Cause it's Marty's favorite blink 182 record, which is like a whole other can of worms, <laughs> but like, you know, the, they were just like that band for me when I was like growing up. It's kind of the same thing with Incubus too, because like I was really fucking into Incubus and like when, uh, if not now when came out, I was like, this record is fucking great. Like, and I know that like a lot of people, they don't even play songs off of that record anymore. And it's like hella recent, but like, I love that record too. Like, it's just like, there's something about like when bands put out new music and you're at the age where you're like getting into them and you're like, holy shit, what do they sound like now? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think I was like lucky enough to have like a band that I kind of like got into maybe like posthumously get back together and put out a record. Like when I was like of that age where like music was like hitting me like an anvil over yeah. the head. Um, so I just, I think I missed out on that experience, but <laughs> in the interest of keeping the pod roughly an hour to an hour and a half, um, cause we could talk, I could literally talk to you about this all day. Um, <laughs> Becca, how the fuck do you feel about Go by Blink-182? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is that face? Um, 
I mean, lyrically, it's like a really sad story, but uh, I don't. Listener, she hates the music. I don't like the song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Okay, Travis is so annoying on drums sometimes. I just want him to chill out. That is true. Oh my god! I was gonna say on on my biggest qualm with neighborhoods is that he overplays on every song i'm like literally like literally get meg white on the track i'm sick of this shit (laughs) (laughs) like i'm so over it but i think he does a lot of cool the snare stuff in the song like the like the bridge where it's like literally just snare i'm like okay show off vibes but i like live for it I literally, and okay, I'm just going to give my two cents and we can move on. As like a mama's boy from fucking heaven and hell, I absolutely love this song, The House Down Boots. I think the song is perfect. I feel like it would be wrong of me to say this song has anything bad, is capable of bad. This song is so good. This song is so good. It's incapable of bad. I think the song rocks. Facts. I agree. I think it's fine. Hell yeah. (laughs) Okay. Track nine is a song called. Is this called Asthenia? Yeah. What is that word? It's called Anesthesia. Anesthesia by Blink. Anastasia. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that movie. What is Asthenia? Sounds like a health issue. (laughs) (laughs) Asthenia. Abnormal physical weakness or lack of energy. Oh my god, maybe that's what I have. <laughs> okay. Becca, how do you feel about Asthenia, the song? <laughs> I literally might have that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um uh, what did I write down? Last night the, I gave I wrote, us a picture. The fucking claps. Um, also, I, I phonetically spelled out the way he pronounces delusions. Delusions. <laughs> um, uh, delusions. I tired. Should I go back? Should I go back? Should I? I hope I will forget you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, great. Oh my god! I love the rich, critical POV you're giving us on this song. (laughs) I think this song, I my my big, my humongous, gigantic takeaway from this song is that I think this song paves the way for what becomes Blink One Eighty Two in the future. This feels like the wishing well of this record. This feels like the snake charmer of this record. This feels like it. It this feels like what their the quality of songwriting became in the future. I literally I sound like a broken record. I'm basically <laughs> saying everything after this record sounds like this song to me. That that does remind me that I don't know any songs after this record. <laughs> the, the bus stopped here for you. Yeah, for real though. Like I don't. I don't know anything after this album. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, Eric, how do you feel about Asthenia? Carl <laughs> um, hates me so much. No, I right love now. you. You're perfect. <laughs> uh, I think this is like the first time on this record they do an interlude that's like good. Um, 
because like the first like 30 or so seconds of this song isn't like nothing is happening and i think that's cool and you know i don't know i like the song a lot it's like kind of like they definitely didn't realize this but it kind of leans into like like more of like a shoegaze kind of approach to like the song does and i think that's cool uh yeah um i like the song i think it's good hell yeah i agree about the <laughs> shoegazeness of it it's like the verse guitar parts are very like single note but with like a lot of effects on it which is like yeah. a cool i think yeah i again i that's like a trick that they i feel like they introed on this record and then they continue to use till the yeah. end of time um, i wish that like every angels and airwaves song sounded like this <laughs> Okay, yeah, this is the best Angels and Airwaves song. Yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> I think this song is cool. Also, this is some more of our... I mean, if if Aliens Exist was like the intro to Tom being obsessed with space, there's a lot of it in this song, too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I think this song is cool. I I like this song. I The minute we're done with this podcast, I'm about to listen to the song. I'm craving it I hardcore kind right of, now. I, I'm also going to do that, actually. <laughs> it's kind of addicting. Yeah, it's good. It's it's definitely like a sleeper on this record because like, not a whole lot of people ever bring this song up, but I think it's like honestly one of the best songs on this record, too. I know that I've said that about three songs so far. Well, listen, when um, the album's good, the album's good. When yeah. the song is the best, the song is the best. It's true. I love this song. I think Asthenia rocks. I think it rocks too. Mm, it rocks. <laughs> Begrudgingly. No, I'm reading up on your condition. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Track 10 is a song called Always. I can't believe we're only on this now. We're, go- we're going, oh, we're going to speed up from here on out. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay, we're gonna. We're, I mean, like I was just saying. Now. I feel like it comes sooner, but that I truly, I think I must have had. I've had a couple different versions of this record. I know for a while I had um, a CD version of this that I took from my friend Neil in high school, and it was edited. So uh, in Go, where um, where where Mark sings, "Can't you see that I'm in a world of shit?" It was like, can't you see that I'm in a world of bleep? And I like every time I listen to the song, I think about it. Like I hear that in my head. I kind of, I kind of have the same thing too with uh, some of the songs on this record because, like, I had the edited versions on LimeWire, and it would just like censor the swear words and shit. Love, love a, I we I love a bleep. There's a bleep in the last episode of the pod, and when I was listening back to it, like after I uploaded it, I like I that makes me giggle. I love a bleep, <laughs> especially when it's not even like an expletive. I think, when it's like we name. always have to bleep yeah. out like our previous. Uh, I, I've listened to a little bit of that episode today, and I noticed that, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> when we talk about people or um, places of work that we don't want to <laughs> slander, we believe them. Okay. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Always is... Okay, real quick. This is my favorite song on the record. I think this song is absolutely fucking flawless. I think this is a god-tier Blink-182 song. Um, I also fell off with Blink-155, but when they reviewed this song, I was like, I must listen to this. And they start the ep off hating this song, and that <laughs> literally invalidates their opinions full like full stop for me. I was like, you can't hate this song. <laughs> this song is so good. And also in the album launch documentary, they refer to this as, quote unquote, the 80s song. Uh, and I'm yeah. like... 
I <laughs> I was reading about that. There's lots of reference from the members saying this is an 80s song, which is like, like the guitar tones, it makes sense, but the drums ruin it. Like the drums take away any <laughs> 80s vibe that there is. I definitely didn't. I never even thought about this song having like an 80s vibe. This song was just always to me like a like a pop rock song that sounded good. And then like as I've gotten older and like you learn you learn more about like the influences that your favorite artists were leaning on when they were like writing your favorite songs. It's like, okay, wait, I guess I do see it. It's like I would be lying if I said I didn't. But it is still to me like I feel like it's removed enough that it's just a really great God tier Blink-182 song. Yeah, I agree. I think the song is great. <laughs> it's so crazy. Always good. rocks. Yeah, the song slays. I actually think the song fucks too. I agree. I think the music video of like when I saw it for the first time, I was like, this is great, but now it's very disorienting. So I still like it. I I had famously like I when having people over was like allowed before it became illegal i um anytime i would have people come over i like always force people to watch music videos with me and this is one that it's like i never get sick of watching uh the colors are so good i just remembered when i was at your house the one time with caroline and we watched a bunch of music videos i literally that's like i i'm at my happiest when i have people over and we're watching music videos i do that a lot too honestly (sighs) it's my favorite thing in the entire world i think the song fucks i do too okay slight moving on (laughs) Becca, are you okay? You look disoriented. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. You gave your verdict on always, right? Yeah, I said it okay. rocks. Hell yeah. Um, okay, easy target. Track. This song is so bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's an amazing moment in podcast history. This song is so bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I want to say I'm gonna play devil's advocate, advocate again, and I'm gonna say that yes, this song sucks. But <laughs> with it, if it wasn't for this song, we wouldn't get the next song, which is amazing. Yeah, I I agree. I don't like the song either. I think the way that Travis recorded the drums is cool, but that's like it. I think Mark's chorus fucking sucks. Specifically, like oh my god. Like I, I actually, there was one review that I read before we did this that was like from 2003 and they mentioned that Mark had like a social distortion thing on the chorus of the song and it made me hate it more. So the song fucking sucks. <laughs> Make this yeah. song extinct. <laughs> <laughs> It took me a minute to to fully put that sentence together in my mind. And I at first thought you said this song stinks. I was like, yeah, it does smell bad. The song stinks, but also make it go in the extinct goddamn. Yeah, this song. All right, let's just move on. This song is trash. Southern California's breeding mommy's absolute garbage. (laughs) (laughs) This is trash, mama. (laughs) <laughs> okay moving right along after easy target we get a little song called all of this featuring robert smith of the cure wow what a fucking good song yeah eric talk to me about all of this okay so when i was younger i had no idea who the fuck robert smith was uh and i always was just like kind of 
like would make fun of his like inflection when he sings to himself <laughs> on this song to like okay. myself like because nobody knew what the fuck i was talking about because i didn't grow up with anybody that liked blink 182 like that that's fair. but um yeah i think this song is fucking amazing uh my partner Cass, really loves the cure and they like kind of like blink 182 uh and i think i don't know if i've actually showed them this song but like I fucking love this song. I listened to it yesterday and I was like, God damn. Like, they really did that. <laughs> they really, they put their whole P word into this song. They really did. It's so good. Ugh. And also it's so fucking cool because the transition, so the transition from the uh, easy target to this song is uh, Tom playing through an amp that's like tubes are dying. And I think that's so fucking cool too. Like that's like the best part of that song, but easy target not all of this but yeah it's great it's just kind of like like a good versus evil sort of thing like in order to have good you have to have <laughs> evil easy yeah. target is evil all of this is good i think this song <laughs> one thing this song suffers from is having a forgettable song title yeah it, yeah I no agree. song <laughs> ever again needs to be named all of this when i realized that it was Robert Smith of The Cure, I was like, holy shit, because I had like gotten into The Cure and I didn't like totally realize that it was him on this song until like, I don't know, like 2015. And I was like, yo, that's fucking sick. That's, yeah, same. I, I mean, Actually, I didn't like I knew who like I listened to The Cure, but I never knew it was him singing on the song. Yeah. Wow. Um, this would have been the band's fourth single if it wasn't for the hiatus. The music video would have been directed by M. Night Shyamalan, who wow. said, I love this song. Almost did a video for this. It would have been about vampires. That's crazy. I didn't know that. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan directing music videos? Would have been about vampires. He loves this song. Also, Damn. uh... Another song reference is uh, During the Bridge, the guitar. <clears throat> it sounds, uh, it's very much a Suburban War by uh, uh, Arcade Fire. Oh my God. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not talking about that. Not today. Um, I, I love this song. I love The Cure. I think Robert Smith is one of the most intelligent, one of the most creative people to have ever walked the earth um i'm still trying to write my friday i'm in love maybe one day i'll get there still <laughs> trying to write my pictures of you um whenever a modern band apes the cure i want to punch them i am not a violent person but <laughs> i it does make me react violently when a modern band rips off the cure um i don't know i think i think it's so cool that like blink was big enough to a pull off this record in general but to be like make a feature like this happen i think that's like so cool and especially like since i mean i just said on, on always i like didn't get a cure vibe from it as a teen but like to know that this was in that he and his work were part of their like big you know palette of influences to get to collaborate with someone you revere like that is just so cool i think the song absolutely rocks i do too it rocks. Also, this is the last song in my curated album of this <laughs> album. 
like the next two I never had listened to before. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> I was like, album ends here. Great that's closing cool. track for Becca 182. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got track. I'm confused by the numbers again. Track I'm just so 14. Here's your letter. But it's 13 on the wiki. <laughs> no, that's wrong. All right, we're on to track. Here's your letter by Blink-182. Eric, how the fuck do you feel about this song? This is another one of my favorite Blink-182 songs, honestly. Uh, this song's fucking great. I remember coming home from school, uh, like high school, and uh, practicing it on bass and trying to sing into a microphone that was not plugged in. That's great um, practice, though. You got to do that to get. Yeah, good. it's it's very hard to do that. Um, so, Stop. a lot of respect on Mark for the baseline and the work that he did on the vocals. Sounds fucking great. Um, yeah, I think the song's awesome. So, let me. I need to listen to five seconds of this song because I'm, I'm listening to it because I. It's hard for me to recall <laughs> these last two songs. Yeah, I'm. Also having just trouble. Da, 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 da. <laughs> this is a plus 44 song to me. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> but I it's... Go. It's go. good. I like this song. I I like this song. I think the chorus is good. I'm like, I feel like I'm literally broken record right now. Um, <laughs> I wrote, I just wish Travis would chill the fuck out. Yeah. He overplays way too much, like on every record that he's on, pretty like, much. He plays like lead Enema. drums. It's insane. Yeah. So annoying. This is like, this is definitely the first record where they were like, they, they gave him way too much creative direction. <laughs> I mean, if you can, if you can do it, do it. That's like my whole thing. Like, yeah, if people are going to listen to your band and they can like walk away being like the drums on that song are so cool and memorable, then I say do it. But like, there's just like, I don't, I, the idea of me giving Travis Barker advice on drums is like literally (laughs) the biggest LOL. I'll give him advice on drums (laughs) and that is chill the fuck out. Travis Barker, listen to me. I know you're dating Kourtney Kardashian now. Must be great. Um, but you need to chill the fuck out with blank drums. Thank you. <laughs> I literally just spit all over the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this song rocks. I definitely forget it exists every day. But when I <laughs> when it's playing, I'm like, this song is good as fuck. The other thing, they did like a 10-year anniversary thing at uh, BlizzCon, which was very strange, but I remember watching it live, and they didn't play this song, and I was fucking pissed. <laughs> like, I was like, why are you going to play the whole record, but then skip my favorite song on it? Is this the only <laughs> song they skipped? Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, it's so fucked up. But And also the crowd was like not feeling it either because they were playing at fucking BlizzCon. They don't care about Blink-182. Yeah, that's not the rock show. It's yeah. It's BlizzCon. Okay. For, tra- track 14. The close. I think, well, I think Here's Your Letter rocks. That's, sorry. I'm getting here's ahead of myself. Here's Your Letter rocks? Question mark? <laughs> I think it rocks. Okay, slay, slay, slay. We're on to the last track on the album. And that song is called 
my cat is the cats are truly fucking the last song is called the this is the suspense is oh my god i'm lost without you (laughs) (laughs) well becca since you want to talk about this song so bad Um, it feels very teen rom-com moment uh but you know it's not in my repertoire (laughs) i am i'm gone I'm sorry. She's I... faded as fuck. I like this song opens with like a weird sample loop thing, right? Am I insane? Kind of, yeah. Well, not insane, but yeah, it does open with that. <laughs> I love the I love the sound effects that we get at the beginning of this song. I think they're really cool. Yeah, it has like the church bells. Yeah, here. Yeah. I, let's play it for a second. Yeah. We a ridiculous weird loop and then beautiful piano. I think that is so cool. I I love when this band experiments. I agree. <laughs> Eric, how do you feel about this song? Uh this is also this is also so fucking weird, but this is another one of like the first Blink-182 songs I ever heard and I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> I know there is a lot of people that I'm friends with that don't like this song. Cause it's like really fucking long and it's at the end of the album and you're just like, all right, let's fucking get on with it. And then Travis does like a really long ass snare roll at the end of it. It's just like, but like to me, it feels like it's definitely like a, like teen rom-com moment as Becca said. And like, I don't know. I just love it. Um, (laughs) I, I'm, I'm starting to get into like third grade territory about talking about these songs too. So (laughs) I mean, famously you can say, (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true famously i always just say something is either like good or cool so yeah like. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be carl i think this song is good uh that this part is cool um you know what they do here is cool and i think it's good <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm literally sorry. I'm, sorry. Gonna, I'm gonna put a hit out on you after this. <laughs> the song is good, and I think that a lot of the parts are cool. <laughs> I literally can't stop myself. I, <laughs> um, I think the chorus is literally so. The lyrics are so gay, but if you have ever felt that way about someone, then it's relatable, and I think that that yeah. is. And it that's... means you're codependent. <laughs> yes, and I think that's cool. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is also like the shoegaze moment of this record, I think. Because he's only playing like three chords the whole time. And also the synth like passages they use for like the like second chorus, I think, are really fucking cool. Like the song is just, it's very cool. Very cool song. It's like, yeah, I, not to go back because obviously we've talked about a lot of this at length, but um, all of this, I meant to make note about how how satisfying and how amazing all the different synth tones and layers in that song mm-hmm. are. Oh my God, they like give me chills. There's so many yeah. like little flourishes, little melodies, like, oh, it's so good. But yeah, I think that the song is a really... I think it's interesting that this band got to this point. And I think a song like this kind of does pave the way for like angels and airwaves in the future. Mm. Like, you know, kind of what Tom wanted to do with his voice and his instruments. So, 
and I it like could have been song. so fucking cool if this was the last song that they ever put out. Like they could have been such like a cool legacy band, but the last like OG lineup of lineup Blink song is with fucking uh, what's that rapper's name? It's on Dogs Eating Dogs, and it's the last song on Dogs Eating Dogs. Is it, it the song sucks. with Yellow Wolf? Yes, that song's so bad. Like, but like, but also this was the last song for a long time. So to me, yeah. that's like really cool. To me, that's like. I think if you're going to close your record before you go on hiatus with a song, this is like a really beautiful way to close the book. Yeah, it's definitely like a good period on the end of the sentence of this band. Totally. And it's like one of those things like, you know, obviously Mark and Tom have their moments. Travis gets to do the ridiculous drum thing at the end. It's like everyone's (laughs) getting their piece of the pie on this track. And I think that that's really cool. Yeah. Very good song. I think the song rocks. I think it rocks too. I think it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that means we are now at the end of the record. We have come to the end of self-titled by Blink-182. Is there anything anyone wants to say before we deliver our final verdict? No. (laughs) Slay. All right. I'm going to count to three. (laughs) Ready? One, two, three. It rocks. It It fucks. Oh, this is a really amazing spread. I don't think we've ever had these results. So I said it rocks. Becca said it sucks. Eric said it fucks. Uh, yeah. Wow. Is fucks like the ultimate a- answer? Yes, 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 okay, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I love, I love where we have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Becca's making a gorgeous face. Okay, Eric, where can the people find you online? Uh, I just changed my at on Twitter, but it's Amplifier Worship without the O uh, for right now. Uh, I tend to do that a lot. My Instagram is Oasis Band Official. Insane um, that you have that. Yeah. I thought about changing it the other day to be like on brand with my Twitter, but then I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. Can't um, give it up. Yeah. And then my band, uh, all the ats are Clear Body Band on everything. Our record has been out for three months and I'm really proud of it and you should check it out. And my record label is just at Acrobat Unstable and we got a lot of cool shit coming up too. So check it out. (laughs) Hell yes. Also buy the Absib EP on 12 inch vinyl because I did the vinyl layout for it. Yes, Carl. That was that was that was like kind of a dream project for me to work with you on something. Oh my it was god! Very sick. Shut your little pie hole. <laughs> um, okay, well, Eric, thank you so much for being on the pod. Uh, thank yeah, you for being anytime. here. And bye. <laughs> um, bye. It rocks or it sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye. <laughs>